Hey there, I'm Becky, and welcome to Literary Escapes Podcast, where we travel the world one book at a time. Today, I have one of my favorite bookstagrammers here with me to give us some Literary Escape book recommendations. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I am welcoming Karen, who is a bookstagrammer and Facebook group as well. Karen, welcome. I understand that you have some really great literary escapes for us today. Hi, thank you. Yes, I do. So many great books I've read in the past month and one of my favorite duets that I really would love to share with your audience. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about how you got into bookstagramming. I got into bookstagramming really by accident. I started my Instagram solely to share books of, I mean, solely to share pictures of my dogs. (laughs) For anyone who wanted to see my beautiful dogs, my three beautiful dogs, just to share their quirky little, you know, fun things that they do and pictures and videos of them. And also because I'm such a big book lover, I was following some of my favorite authors. And so just incidentally, when I would follow them, I would just start talking about their books. Like, oh, you know, I'm reading this and I'd write a, you know, I'll show a picture of it and do a little review of it. Not knowing there was such a thing called bookstagram. There's this whole world out there. (laughs) (laughs) That people are actually doing this. I'm just living my life like, here's pictures of my dogs and I'm reading this. Oh, by the way, I'm reading this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, sort of thing. It was just like an all-purpose kind of Instagram, really. And then I found out there was actually a group of people that do this all the time, specifically just doing pictures and videos and reels of their books and talking about it. And I thought, I need to do that. Well, very (laughs) good. Yeah. I enjoy your your bookstagram account. So thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. So tell me where our first destination is. Our first destination is Queens, New York, my hometown. And you are lucky that I am not in my New York accent because you may (laughs) have a hard time understanding me. So I'm I'm right now in my Los Angeles accent, which I adapt for public speaking. Gotcha. (laughs) But um, (laughs) but it may slip in every now and then for this book specifically, since I'm talking about Queens. So you're in Queens. And yes. tell me the name of the books. It's called Menace and Grievous Duet by J.M. Darhauer. And it's a mafia, a dark mafia romance, which is my favorite kind of romance. Awesome. So now what makes it a dark romance versus a romance? Well, a dark romance essentially has dark elements such as violence, murder, perhaps, emotional, physical abuse of either the main characters or other characters. There's usually crime going on, or it could just be some very heavy, heavy topics like suicide, anything that is very dark uh, that you wouldn't find normally in, say, a contemporary romance. Gotcha. Okay. So tell me about these two books. Well, Menace and Grievous uh, is a spinoff book from, they're a spinoff duet from uh, a a trilogy called Monster in His Eyes. And one of the characters, his name is Lorenzo Gambini, is, uh, he is the head 
of he well he took out in the uh, original trilogy monster in his eyes with the help of the lead character there nas all of the heads of the five mobster families he and nas destroyed them wow so he took over and now he's the king of new york he is a volatile funny sarcastic character <laughs> who has now taken over as the head mobster in the entire New York City area and wow. because of that he is bored <laughs> he's king of the hill and he's bored okay. well along comes this beautiful young lady named Morgan into this bar that he hangs out at and he sees her but he's in the middle of a business deal like a shady mafia deal that okay. he has to deal with but he can't help but see her and they interact and talk and he's like oh man I wish I had time to really get into it with her you know they're going back and forth and they're having lovely banter flirty banter and they're doing all this stuff well by the time that he leaves the bar she comes out too and she runs out of the bar and bumps into him and he tries to steady her and it's like oh are you are you okay okay she's like oh i'm fine he's like oh, okay so he's waiting for his driver to come and he goes into his pocket and he realizes wait a minute i don't have my wallet so he figures out she pickpocketed him so from that point <laughs> <That's> on awesome <laughs> he is on a mission to find her and when he finds her Oh man, that their little meet cute turns into an explosion of going back and forth trying to kill each other. Oh, that's <laughs> but funny. But then he has a grudging respect for her, and the heat between them, the chemistry between them is just so palpable. They just decide, you know what? We're fighting it out so much. I guess we're going to really act on this chemistry. And, exactly. And really... So what happens is they become a partnership because she actually is in trouble and she's an exotic dancer and she uh -huh. has someone out to get her. And he finds out all the details of it. It's a Russian mafia. He's the head of all the Italian crime families in New York, but they're still the Bratfra, the Russian mafia. Okay. And the head of the Russian mafia is out to get her so gotcha. he ends up being her champion and she ends up working for him and so then the fun ensues as to what's going on there's stuff going on that he doesn't know about with her I'm and sure. why she's not telling him why that guy's out to get her he just realizes that for some reason he's obsessed with her but there's a secret that i can't tell you <laughs> <laughs> but it makes it so interesting the brilliance of jm darhauer's writing is it goes beyond romance it, it goes beyond really any label that you can put her in because she does characters in a way that I've never seen. That's she awesome. has them speak real and and connect to each other and you feel like you're sitting in the room with them. It's discourse really is what it is. That's it awesome. is discourse on, on amazing issues and it's just it's just fantastic. That is so cool. But of course, it is still a romance. It's a reluctant romance, really, <laughs> for both of them. Yeah. It's just a great romance, really. Okay, so, and this one takes place in Queens, New York. Queens, New York. Um, yes. And I, what I loved about it is it takes place in Jamaica States, which is right near where I grew up. 
Oh, fun. And it has all of these New York little things in it um, that you don't have to be a New Yorker to understand, but it gives you like a little insight into some of the ways in which New Yorkers are and, and get around on the subway and little you oh, know, hideouts. Cool. And it's just, yeah, it's just a that's really fun. great little representation of New York. There's so much humor in this book that you don't really find in dark romances because uh, these characters are funny. That's awesome. So funny, sarcastic, just great humor. You'll fall in love with this book. It's my favorite romance books out there. Okay, mm -hmm. so escape number one is to the Queens, New York, and it is yes. Menace and Grievous mm -hmm. by J.M. Darhauer. Very yes. good. So escape number two, what have you got for us? What's our destination? Um, I want to talk about a book that I read recently that was so moving. It's, uh, and I'm notorious for not crying. This book is called All the Lonely People. It's set in a suburb outside of London. Okay. This book took me there. So tell me a little bit about what this book is. Okay. So this book is about a Jamaican immigrant who uh, immigrates from uh, Jamaica to London okay. for a better life. His name is Hubert Bird, and we follow him as a young man and his struggles uh, living in, in London during okay. the 1950s when there was so much, not to say that there isn't now, but there was so much aggressive racism right. against immigrants. Uh, especially black immigrants. Okay. And we follow what he goes through, the horrible things that he goes through um, during that time. And then all the way up to present day. So we start the book out when he's in his twenties, he meets a woman at his work, a white woman that they fall in love oh. and we see their struggles, what they go through. Um, and their struggles of being an interracial couple and her whole family disowns her essentially. And so we see what they go through, but they end up having this wonderful, beautiful marriage that produces two kids and they just have just a wonderful family. So his wife has passed, um, his son's out of the house and his daughter has moved to Australia. Okay. The only thing he has in his life that makes him happy is his weekly phone calls with his daughter. So that gives him the most joy. And what he's been doing every week is talking to her on the phone, lying to her, telling her that he's doing all this stuff with all his friends and meeting new people and going so many places just so she will stop worrying about him. Okay. But then what happens is she tells him, dad, I'm going to come visit you in a couple of months. So he all of a sudden is in a panic and realizes that when she comes to visit, none of those people exist. Right. So he sets out to make friends. So we follow him on his journey to make friends. And he keeps trying to make friends with people that he meets, different people that he meets, and especially his own age. But what happens is he's making friends his own age that he never intends to make. And then the neighbor, one of his neighbors, decides to just thrust friendship on him this lady that has a young lady that has a child. And so she becomes one of his friends. 
And then one of the delivery uh, drivers (laughs) becomes his friend. And all of a sudden, he's meeting all these different people. And then they decide, he and the lady that he meets decide, you know what, there are so many people who need friends. Everyone seems to be so lonely, especially people who are immigrants coming Mm -hmm. here. Where are they going to fit in? They don't have time, you know, so they decide to form a committee to get rid of loneliness in their town. And so this thing becomes this big, huge thing that catches on with the, uh, one of these daytime talk shows. Oh, cool. And they blow up to this whole huge thing where everyone now has this huge uh, interest in, in getting rid of loneliness oh, yeah. right. in their town. But with all of this stuff, there's a lot of personal stuff going on sure. in Hubert's life. We, as we see all this stuff going on, we go back and forth between the past and present to okay. catch you up of, on how he ended up where he is today. Yes. So we go from the present of him making friends and we go to the past we, with his family and okay. all the things that he went through there. So it's a back and forth between the two. We get to see him and know him as a young man, a family man, and as this older as this man, man to see okay. where how he got to where he is being in an octogenarian alone and only having uh, phone calls from his uh, daughter as a thing to look forward to. But what gets you with this is you feel it. You feel this empathy. You know, you can't help, not just for Hubert, but for all the people, you realize this is a serious issue. It's a real issue uh, for people, especially a lot of elderly people Mm -hmm. that no longer have families. They've outlived you know, their wives, husbands, friends, and they're alone and they have no one. That's right. They have no one to talk to They're, You know, they have these wonderful stories. They have these wonderful experiences, wisdom, but they have no one to share it with, you know, all these great memories. And it made me think of my own grandparents who are Jamaican and, and my other side of the family as well, but just just even younger people who don't have uh, that resource, those, those people to reach right. out to how they feel. And, you know, looking at the COVID period, we've all experienced that to some extent. Exactly. You know, we've all had the people to... that live by themselves. That's... Yes. I lived by myself with my dogs. At I least you had my dogs. dogs. Yeah. Yes. If I didn't have my dogs, I, th- I thought about this. I thought, would I have been one of these lonely people, you mm-hmm. know, because yeah. I have friends but I would only be able to talk to them on the phone, you know, a little Zoom chat. Not I the same, couldn't yeah. see them. Yeah, you can't see that. I would be looking forward to just their Zoom chat or just mm-hmm. their phone call, just like Hubert Just was. like Hubert, that's right. And I thought, this is not just a fictional issue. This is like exactly, a yeah. issue. This is a universal issue, I think. Very current and issue. Yes. And I think that that's why this book is so, I think, resonates so much with people because we can all see ourselves in that position one day. Right. If we lose our loved ones, we're at a certain age, you know, we don't have that anymore. So it really choked me up um, at at certain points. But one point in particular, uh, I will tell you, but kind of not sit down for it. (laughs) 
<laughs> because it, it literally almost knocks oh, me off my feet. <laughs> but uh, and I say you you won't see it coming. It's, this is not a murder mystery that you could try to guess it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's Aww. just it's just it's just something you won't see coming, and it's very emotional. Okay. Uh, but this is such a wonderful book, really. And the now I listened to the audiobook. The narration was fantastic uh, as well. Nice. So yeah, it's okay. it's just a great book. So book number two is All the Lonely People by Mike Gale. Yes. And it's set in the London area. Yes, in a suburb outside of London. Okay. Well, that sounds like a really good one. Thank you. Yes, um, it, it really is. So book number three, what destination do you have for us? This particular book uh, is called Razorberry Tears, and it's set in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. And this book came out I think last month I think it came out last month and I also listened to the audiobook of this wow this this is one of those books that uh if it came out in June it would have been one of those books that you would have seen everyone post for pride month okay okay it is about two fathers whose sons have been murdered wow their sons are married to each other and they okay. had a daughter their sons obviously were gay. Right. And they were murdered and believed because they were gay. One is black and one is white. Okay. And this is in the South. So we have a lot going on here. You um, do? Yeah, for sure. We have racism. We're talking about race. We're talking about gender. We're talking about identity. And so there's so much, and it's, it's in the heat of the you know the south right so it is just very volatile and what happens is the one of the fathers his name is buddy he meets uh the father of the other uh his son's uh husband okay who was slain and he asks him does he want to do something about this the police haven't solved the murder they he wants justice for his son Right. And he asks him, does he want to do something about this? And he knows that uh, the father used to be a prison shot caller. The wow. father, well, yes, the father was in prison for 15 years, but he was not just a prisoner. He was a shot caller, which means that he was one of the people that ran it. And that if you messed with him, you could probably get killed. Right, wow. He could have you killed. He was powerful, a powerful man in prison. He was a powerful man in prison. So Buddy- Kind of knows some things, yeah. Yes, Buddy is, Buddy Lee is the white father of uh, the white son that was slain. Okay. And he asked Ike to help him find the people that killed his son, their sons. Okay. But Ike just got out of prison not too long ago. He's not trying to go back. He doesn't want to get involved in this. So what happens is not long after the funeral, someone desecrates their headstones. Okay. Someone desecrates it and just obliterates it, essentially. Uh, so with that, Ike is like, no, I I know I'm not going to stand for this because he understands what that means and why they did it because his sons were their sons were gay. So right. he decides I'm going to I'm going to go to uh, Buddy Lee 
and I'm I'm with you. We're going to okay. do this. We're going to find the people. He says, but you have to understand what that means. You know, we're not going to find them and turn them into the police. Right. We're out for yeah. vengeance. We're going to get these people. And by the way, this is going to be made into a film. Wow. Okay. I'm already casting this in my head. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> and what ensues is this exploration of race, of identity, and sort of a reconciliation because these two fathers were always in conflict with their sons while they were alive because they were gay. Right. They never accepted them as being gay. They always had problems with them. And now they're so having here, to fight for them. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Now they're fighting for their sons in death, what they didn't do for them in life. So it's a sort of trying to find redemption in a way for these two fathers to stand up for their sons in a way they never did while they were alive and also to find justice and vengeance. They find out little by little who are the people were that were involved in their son's Mm -hmm. killing. Okay. And they get into these epic fights with these people. So trigger warning for anyone that has uh, any issues with violence and blood. But uh, beyond that, you know, there's a lot of discussions of race between Buddy and Ike. And also the homophobia that they talk about, these incredible discussions that happen and revelations between the two that come um, during this journey of trying to find uh, their son's murderers is incredible. We see it's almost like America's having a conversation um, in these two people. You know, right, right. And, you know, they they come to a place where they have this friendship, this very unlikely friendship that comes from it. They they have a respect for each other. Right. They see each other's point of views. They both, you know, tell each other stuff that they understand where, you know, they're coming from and their point of view. And it's one of those things you, you say, why can't we have these kinds of simple discussions uh, amongst ourselves in this country where we're, we're talking, you know, all gloves off, let's be real. Let's talk about, you know, these issues in a way that, you know, I'll put you in my shoes and you can, you'll see my point of view. Right. And, you know, but it's just, it's just a really interesting, um, kind of way of looking at the world through the Southern, uh, lens because of the history mm-hmm. as well as with the uh, some of the other st- uh, stories there's humor there's a lot of humor because buddy lee is such a funny funny character he's the comedic relief uh in this duo right um, and, and with all those heavy just, topics, you kind of need a little bit of that. Yes, you definitely need it because there's just so much going on. The perfect ratio of race and gender and sexuality and all these different issues all put together. And the the cover of this book has them walking down side, kind of side by side with a little space in between them, this road, this empty road uh, with just, you know, kind of foliage on each side of them. And and right. it just made me think, yeah, they're just walk desert on this journey. It's what a good epic. book for conversations to be, to be happening about. Yeah. Just an amazing well, book. That's awesome. So this one takes place in Richmond, Virginia. Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. It's called Razorblade Tears by yes. S.A. Cosby. Kind of a mystery thriller suspense kind of a story. 
Yeah, you can put it in all those categories. All of those other things going on with it. Yes. And I want to say that as far as the mystery is concerned, it's not a big mystery. Do not go in thinking it's a big whodunit because it's kind of fairly obvious. I mean, I will say, you know, I guessed it easily. Okay. Don't feel that once you've guessed it, who did it, that, okay, now what I'm just kind of hanging out to find out, you know, how it's going to, no, that's not the what is important about okay, this book. Yeah, you know, okay. That's not the key to this book. It's not a big mystery suspense in that way. Okay. It's it's the journey. It's the journey of these two men and what they discover about themselves and what they discover about life in general as mm-hmm. it relates to all of these topics. Right. And that's that's the heart of this book. So nice. once you've discovered who who's done it, don't worry. Keep yeah, going. Yeah, don't worry. There's much more. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that's not the core of this book awesome. at all. So yeah. Okay, that is really good to know. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. Karen, thank you so much for your three wonderful suggestions today. I'm going to just go through them again real quick. We had mm-hmm. your first one was Menace and Grievous by J.M. Darhauer. Yes. The destination there is Queens, New York. Mm-hmm. And it's a dark mafia romance. Yes. Number two is All the Lonely People by Mike Gale. Mm-hmm. Destination was London. And genre for that one, probably just... Um, it's general fiction. Yeah, contemporary fiction. Yeah, contemporary yeah. fiction. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then book number three was Razorblade Tears by mm-hmm. S.A. Cosby. Yes. And this one... While they have it as mystery suspense, that's not necessarily the point of the book. Yeah. I mean, it is a mystery suspense uh, to a certain degree, but yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's more of a thriller, I would okay. say. Yeah. Because, okay. you know, it's not a big mystery, <laughs> but it is a really good book. <laughs> okay. Well, that is awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today and sharing these really great stories with us. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking about these books. And I will put ways for people to keep in touch with you um, in the show notes. Okay, great. Thanks for joining me today on the Literary Escapes podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and maybe would like some more Literary Escape book recommendations, then come check out the Literary Escape Society. We're a community of travelers who love books or maybe book lovers who love to travel. Either way, if you need an escape, a literary escape, come join us as we read our way around the world together, one book at a time. Check out the show notes to learn more about the Literary Escape Society. And we'll see you next time on the next episode.